Venture family. Welcome to another installment of Where in the World? This collection of periodic adventures that we take together, part informational, part inspirational, as we look around our globe for venture fingerprints left behind from your faithful giving. Your giving becomes a vehicle for God's kingdom expanding. We're actually hanging out together today at a test track right here in Hamilton County. We're gonna bounce briefly then to Cameroon near the equator in West Africa. But right now, I wanna invite you to join me a few miles south of here in Marion County, on the northeast side of Indianapolis at the world headquarters of BUV. These are basic utility vehicles. And I want you to meet my friend, Will Austin, and hear how God is using a dream that God planted in Will's heart just over 20 years ago to reach the world from right here in central Indiana. I got involved with ministry uh, a lot at college, especially at Ohio State. Wanted to go on a mission trip right after I graduated, and I did to uh, uh, China. And I really liked the automotive industry. General Motors said, well, we'll let you start in Singapore and, and do the mission trip. So after I worked in Singapore, they sent me to South America, to, to Sao Paulo, Brazil, for a year and a half. And that is when the Lord just laid this idea on my heart. You know, why can't there be a very simple vehicle that's made in these countries to help the, the small farmers? The Lord laid it on my heart, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since. Um, the idea that very simple vehicles uh, could be created in the developing world locally. Uh, my name's Will Austin. I've been coming to Venture Christian Church since 2011 uh, with Annette, my wife, of 20 years, and we have three kids. It was very scary. I remember going to my first trade show. I was a company of one. Nobody wanted to talk to me about this crazy idea of trying to make simple vehicles Did you for have Africa. A at that point? Uh, uh, a mock-up, I would say. I built a mock-up in my grandma's basement. Let's see, that was 1999. And then we built another one in early 2000. And then we built a working prototype after that. We're approaching 300 out in the world. They're in 35 countries. Uh, most of them are in Africa, but uh, also Central America. We design in the office, but out here is where the action happens. We are completely welding up the frames from just rectangular tubing stock. We first cut them on a bandsaw here. We do some forming on the press. You know, very simple tools to build a motor vehicle. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of our cars today, which are almost impossible for the common person to work on because they're so complicated. We want to make the vehicle so simple that any shade tree mechanic, and that's how a lot of our mechanics work, is underneath a big shade tree, can fix the vehicle, can either make the parts or figure out a way to keep the vehicle going. These are not fancy vehicles. They're not pretty. They're not sporty. We're designing for function over form. It is just throttle and steering. That's 
it and brake. A lot of our drivers have never driven any powered equipment before. So having a very short learning curve of how to safely drive it so that it lasts a long, long time, those are the things we focus on. Silas Enfor, who uh, visited our church in March and April, in this case, he's an owner and a driver. He serves small farmers. In his area, 40% of the crops spoil because they can't get them to market. He and his BUV, he is able to take these crops to market and the people are so thankful because they're able to provide for their family and their crops aren't rotting. It's not just carrying the crops, it's also the village ambulance. It's also in the dry season, carrying the water to whether it be the livestock or, or the people. And then with construction projects, anyone building a house is often, you're carrying sand, you're carrying cement, you're carrying water, Very all three very heavy items, and sometimes a distance. It has a huge impact in a rural village. My dream is to every village will have a vehicle like that that can help them. We share the plans with our partners. Often it's other mission organizations that uh, have a business component to their mission. The one in Benin, that is uh, a vocational school that the missionary has set up and we're coming alongside and they're building the factory. They want to be able to employ some of the students in the factory. Final year of the students, they get to work some in the factory. So it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. The whole idea of the business as mission, business and missions working together, that is a huge future within missions is because there's so many countries, you know, they don't allow missionaries. And so you've got to be contributing to society. So business and mission working together, that uh, really uh, is appropriate for the 1040 window. 1040 window is just a phrase in missions that refers to an area between the 10th parallel and 40th parallel that that's where a lot of non-believers are, a lot of unreached people groups. In those areas, you can't necessarily just be a missionary. They don't allow missionaries. So you've got to be have a reason for being there, contributing to society. The BUV is a great way for someone to make vehicles in country. They're providing a needed service, but it's a context for the Christian leader running that facility to interface with his employees or her employees, uh, vendors, suppliers, the government. It's a chance to be a light. The government is much more receptive to somebody like that that's helping their people than someone that's just coming to proselytize. So if you're a legitimate business, you're given a lot more leeway. You know, you, you, you kind of gain a platform for of influence that you can use that to share the gospel. Business becomes the vehicle for gospel influence. Will said his dream is leveraging business as the vehicle for gospel expansion. 
You know, I think we tend to think of a vehicle through kind of a limited lens. We think, well, it has to have four or maybe three wheels. I suppose it could have two. Any motorcycle enthusiasts out there? Any bicycle fans? Or as many as 18 wheels? Any long haul truckers out there? But don't limit vehicles to just those things with tires and wheels. We tend to think that it has to have a motor as well, right? Now that's helpful. Just as video killed the radio star, even I know more horsepower tends to trump less horsepower. Will tells me this BUV produces about 10 horsepower, but he also tells me that they're specifically designed then with the engine and transmission with torque to multiply that up to 100 times. Listen, he's an engineer. My grease monkey experience is limited to basic mechanical skills learned on a farm. I'm afraid he starts to lose me with technical language, but I trust him. He's a pro. We're all familiar with the first definition of the word vehicle. Quote, a thing used for transporting people or goods, especially on land, such as a car, a truck, or a cart. Today we'd probably add, or a basic utility vehicle. But hey, don't limit vehicles to just those things with wheels and motors and steering columns. Other vehicles are important as well. The second definition of the word vehicle is, quote, a thing used to express or embody or fulfill something. For example, an artist might say, I use paint as a vehicle for my ideas. Or a missionary like Will might say, as he did, I'm leveraging business as the vehicle for gospel expansion. Gospel. The good news of Jesus. The gospel expanding, being moved from here to there by a vehicle. Your Bible talks a fair bit about vehicles, actually. Of course, we don't find an internal combustion engine in Scripture, but let's look at the vehicles that are there and seek to apply some truth to our lives today. People were vehicles. God used his people as vehicles for gospel expansion. Think about that for just a second. People used to express, embody, or fulfill something. The thing being the most important thing in the world. More people hearing about the good news of Jesus. Why? So God's kingdom gets bigger. God's heaven grows. We could pick multiple characters in your Bible to use today as a case study. But right now, I want to zero in on the Apostle Peter. God used him as a basic utility vehicle, just like he's using Will Austin, just like he wants to use you. So let me paint the scene about 40 days ago, Jesus ascended into heaven. The disciples knew that God wanted to use them. They're just not sure yet how. Then the Holy Spirit shows up. Listen, this is the same Spirit of God that you and I have access to today. The same Spirit of God that whispers in our ears, God nudges, that move us from stationary to vehicles in motion. 
vehicles to be used by God. So the Holy Spirit whispers in Peter's ear. There's a crowd assembled, and he says, I want you, an uneducated, plain-spoken, likely terrified of public speaking guy who spent time with Jesus. I want you to stand up in front of this crowd of thousands that I've assembled, and I want you to preach. I want to use you today, Peter, as my, as my vehicle. What happens next? Well, it's remarkable. Let's read together, shall we? I'm in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These men that you've been listening to, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Then he quotes the Old Testament. He's telling the story of how we've gotten to this moment. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Oh, and then he preaches. You can almost feel his engine begin to fire on all cylinders. Let's skip ahead to the good part, shall we? The good news, the gospel message. We find this beginning in verse 22. Men and women of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, signs, and wonders, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. It's interesting. As I read that, Jesus himself was a vehicle, putting God's love on display for the whole world. Keep reading, verse 23. This man was handed over to him by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men, well, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross, but God. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it is impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Preach it, Peter. Can you see it? Peter became God's vehicle for introduction. Skip down to verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter, Peter was God's vehicle being used by God in this very moment for what? For introduction. He's introducing people who had heard rumors about Jesus but needed a proper introduction. God used Peter as his vehicle to introduce the thousands assembled that day on the temple steps, to introduce them to God's story. Let me ask you a question. Let's turn the corner. Let's start getting personal, shall we? Have you ever thought of yourself? as a vehicle? Let me ask you this question. Who, like Peter, or like Will, whose story you heard earlier, are you a vehicle of introduction for today? Are you transporting the gospel message closer to them today through the vehicle, like Peter, of introduction? Check this out. If we keep reading, we're going to discover that Peter also became God's vehicle for for influence. Read with me, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They're asking the question, right? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. That includes you, that includes me, that includes the folks that this basic utility vehicle is going to go across the globe and serve. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, he said, as he pleaded with them, save yourselves and this corrupt generation. Did you catch that? This whole group of people woke up that morning thinking one way. Then God used Peter as his vehicle for influence. He supernaturally whispered his words in Peter's ear. Peter was obedient then, and he opened up his life to be used as a vehicle for influence. As we keep reading, his influence was remarkable. His vehicle was no 49cc moped or scooter. He became a turbocharged V8 Hemi motor that day for God. Can I simply ask you, who, like Peter and like Will, are you a vehicle of influence for today? Are you transporting the gospel message closer to them today through the vehicle of influence? Is it possible that God wants to supercharge your influence vehicle today as well? One last way you serve as a vehicle. If we keep reading the next verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, we see the most exciting make and model of this vehicle Peter is being transformed into. Peter became God's vehicle for salvation. Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Peter is a, a willing vehicle. He gets to introduce them to Jesus. He gets to influence them toward Jesus. Then he gets to witness and be a willing participant in, I'm sure, the world's very first mass baptism as he's used as a vehicle for God's salvation in their lives. I don't know about you, but when I watch images of these BUVs transporting materials for basic human needs to bring people who desperately need them, something inside of me gets a little bit choked up. I've seen pictures and I've seen videos and I've listened to Will tell stories of these vehicles being used to bring food in from the harvest, these BUVs bringing building materials to housing and these basic utility vehicles bringing life-giving water to places that need it. They become a vehicle in a physical sense for salvation, saving people from homelessness or hunger or thirst. We're gonna pray here in just a moment over this specific BUV, that God would use it to bring salvation in a spiritual sense as well. And when you stop and think about it, 
Salvation from hell, an eternity spent far from God, is way more important than salvation from more immediate needs like hunger or thirst or homelessness even. However, satisfying people's immediate needs becomes in and of itself a vehicle that can then in turn earn you the right to talk with them about their eternal needs, where salvation can truly take place. So, how about you? Do you view yourself as a vehicle for God's salvation, satisfying your neighbor or coworker's immediate needs and gaining a spot of influence to share with them how Jesus, Jesus longs to satisfy their eternal needs, their very salvation from their sins? There's a passage that I talk about often when I'm talking with somebody about the biblical concept of baptism. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It's the same Peter, by the way, that we just read about in the book of Acts. By now, he's the more mature vehicle. He's got a few more miles on his vehicle at this point, but he's still running on the same fuel. He's still talking about Jesus. He's still seeking to introduce an influence toward salvation. His motor is still running as a vehicle for God. Let's listen to him now. Let's listen to him preach. For Christ. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. And it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's describing several vehicles in that passage. First of all, he's describing Noah's ark as a vehicle, and it was for 40 days and 40 nights during the flood and then for all the time that it took for the waters to recede, Noah's ark was the vehicle for he and his family's salvation. By extension, Noah's ark became the vehicle for the salvation of the entire human race through a physical sense that was to follow them, including you and me. Then, then he switches his metaphor. He switches vehicles on us. He starts comparing Noah's ark to the first century practice of baptism. This is so interesting to me. You see, I believe that Peter, the same guy who stood up on the day of Pentecost, we just read about this and preached, repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and for the gift of the Holy Spirit, that guy, it sure seems to me that he believed that baptism was the vehicle that God was using for salvation, both on the day of Pentecost and here later in his life. And as a template for the church moving forward, let me take that vehicle language one step further. Wasn't Peter himself a vehicle as well? God used him to deliver the message. God used him as a conduit of his message of grace and forgiveness. God used him to challenge first century Christians with truth. And God used him through the power of the written word as the vehicle to challenge us with his truth today. Who, like Peter, like Will, are you a basic utility vehicle of salvation for today? 
Are you transporting the gospel message closer to them today through the vehicle of salvation? You are a basic utility vehicle, leveraging business as the vehicle for gospel expansion. So what's your business? Where's God placed you for such a time as this? Are you leveraging your business as the vehicle that he's given you for gospel expansion? In your home, in your workplace, in your school, open your eyes this week. Look around you with Jesus' eyes. Where are the opportunities for you to be a vehicle for Jesus? Like the Apostle Peter, a vehicle for introduction, a vehicle for influence, maybe, maybe even a vehicle for salvation. Listen, you're not the one doing the work. Not really. Rather, you're simply a vehicle for God's work to shine through you, to be delivered to the world around you that desperately needs to see Him through you. So maybe your action step this week is simple. Maybe it's simply introduction. Your coworkers know that you love Jesus. Do the people you interact with all the time know that the fuel in your gas tank is Jesus? Maybe you simply need to be more bold and honest this week with what really fuels you. Or maybe your action step is influence. Maybe it's time to finally start that marketplace ministry that you felt God nudge you about for a while now. Do you remember that in Will's story? Maybe it's time to start that lunch hour Bible study that you've been dreaming about. Or simply, maybe to be bold and asking your coworkers how you can pray for them. You might be surprised how God can use that as a transmission, moving that God power he's produced in the motor of your heart and transmitting it into movement, pushing your faith and the faith of those around you forward. Or maybe, maybe he's really calling you to be a vehicle for his salvation. Maybe you have a personal action step today to place your faith in him, to open your heart to receive him and let his grace be the vehicle that drives you toward eternity. If that's you, meet us under the cross after the service. Or maybe it's time for an honest conversation with your one. God is nudging you, and he wants to use you as the vehicle to bring his salvation to a loved one that you've been investing in for a while. It's time to see the drive train move into action. It's time to see some movement. So be bold. Allow him to use you. Because just like this BUV, you're designed to be a vehicle for movement. And hey, thank you for your faithful giving adventure. It's, it's fueling some pretty cool ministry here locally and around the world. And as we wrap up our time together today, would you join me in prayer? I'm standing in front of a BUV. It's getting ready to be packed up and shipped to the field. Only God knows what exact goodness that he's gonna transport using this as a vehicle to deliver his love. Right now, only God knows, but we can pray. This BUV is out in our lobby this morning. Would you whisper a prayer as you walk past it? Pray that God uses it mightily and that he uses you mightily this week. 
both as vehicles for him. Would you join me right now? Let's pray. Will, would you join me as well? Sure. And let's, uh, let's pray over him and pray over what God's going to do through this. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for a dream that you put in a heart that you set into motion, that you use for your glory, for your purpose, to advance your kingdom forward. So God, I pray for Will, and I thank you for his ministry, and I pray over what you're doing with it and through it. I pray for this specific vehicle and the ways that you're gonna use it to advance your kingdom. God, we just say thank you, and we, uh, we count it a privilege to get to serve you uh, by serving him and serving the ministry that he's doing. And it's in your name, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.